When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select 10,000 layups. 10,000. Ten thousand layups. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of Ten Thousand Layups Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke. I'm here with Julian Andrews. Julian, do you like shoveling snow? Not really. No. No. Um, I I think uh, the best argument that can be made for it is that it's cathartic in the same way that many tasks are cathartic, where you do it and then it's done and you can see your progress. The problem is that then two hours later you have to do it again. Yeah. And so it loses it loses some of that. You nice lose plastic, some of the steam. The Thank you. Yeah, my eyes have been hurting lately. Um yeah, no, it's true. I, I shoveled right before this, and it literally takes us like five seconds to shovel. Uh, but it's then it's I'm cold for a little bit and yep. and then you play the game of like when you're a homeowner of uh which you are now, but you play the game of like, well, it's supposed to be thirty eight on yeah. Wednesday. Like this is just gonna melt. Yeah. And then my wife is like, well, yeah, but there's still one day where it won't melt until it gets there. And I'm like, yeah, but people be fine. Right. Like, and then you hear the scraping of shovels and all yeah. the neighbors are shoveling. We, we went for a walk and then I saw, I said, nobody else around us had their, their sidewalks done. And then like six of them did. So yeah. it was time, That's, you know, peer pressure and civic duty combining in a really great it's more peer pressure. Yeah, you know, okay. like if yeah. it was just me, I'd be fine. Um, <laughs> you, I just you don't let feel it go. any civic. No, I feel zero. Um, Fair enough. All right, let's get into Wolves talk. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. You're probably listening to a Wednesday morning. So on Monday night, the Wolves lost their third straight game to the Hawks. Uh, now they are 11 and 13 overall. The Hawks were on fire. They drilled a, it's a franchise record 25 three pointers. I think they were 25 for 49. Um, Jeez, so that's pretty crazy uh wolves are ninth in the west a half game back from eighth which is kind of right where they were like three games ago so i guess yeah. like not a huge deal but Julian, you and i have talked about this like how 
like every game is important and i know that sounds cliche but these are like the type of little stretches that the wolves like really need to stay away from yeah absolutely i mean because otherwise you have to do things like beat the heat and the sixers in order to stay in eighth yeah which is not what you want to do um no, you're, you're completely right. And I feel like we, we talk a lot about kind of the ups and downs of a long season, but if we're going to be super positive about, uh, you know, winning two of three really tough games, we got to kind of like say, you can't lose these three games. Like, like you, you have to win one. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, the Hawks are decent, you know, they're a good team. So it's, this is not like you're getting killed by the magic or whatever, you know? So it's, yeah. it's not, horrible but yeah you want to keep up the momentum i mean d'angelo russell was out yeah russell was out beverly out and i get towns was out on friday night against the nets so like they're like you have outs and i get that but like you look at the upcoming schedule and you have the jazz at home tomorrow and i'm guessing utah be favored in that game um you have cleveland on friday and cleveland's been like sneaky good this year Mm -hmm. um you know and then you have the blazers and the nuggets two teams that are like just as desperate as Minnesota is or yeah. should be, I guess. Um, and like, you could tell me that the wolves go three and one in that stretch, but like, I could also, you could also tell me they go in a, they're, they're, they're in a seven game losing. Yeah, streak. It's tough. I mean, I think the one you really have to win is probably the blazers. They're a mess. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, blazers and nuggets. You'd like to win both of those Western conference. Yeah. Jokic always brings it against towns. Yeah. Um, but towns always brings it against Jokic too. He does. So hopefully he's back and it'll be a good, or he's back. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be back. a good, that should be a good matchup. Yes, it will. And uh, like I said before, uh, Beverly, excuse me, um, I chugged a LaCroix too fast. Dude, I get, yeah, I get, I'm I get, literally working on doing that at the moment. I get, I get the I get the yerps. Um, uh, Beverly's expected back on Wednesday against the Jazz, which will be a big boost. And I would imagine Russell will be back from like a sprained mm-hmm. ankle um, on, on Wednesday as well. So uh, good news that like, you know, you're, you're getting key players back. Yeah. It was interesting, Julian, that Balmero started – yeah, um, I saw he that. started on Monday night over, uh, which would have been McLaughlin, I guess. But yeah, um, all I this mean, time what, I thought Balmero wasn't future, a point guard. Right? I know, right? I was gonna say <laughs> that's the joke, right? I guess he's a point guard now. I guess he's a point guard. I'm um, speaking um, Sorry, somewhat Twitter. of media. Um, so some inside media now. Uh, this is interesting, and maybe you're, you guys won't find this interesting because it's not necessarily about basketball. So. We love the media, though. We love the media. We love the media. Um, okay, so. Uh, for the last two and a half years or so, I guess, yeah, probably about two, two and a half years. If you don't count like the last six months or so, um, uh, like Timberwolves fans were pretty lucky and spoiled to have the one, two punch and the athletic of, and, and like all the journalists that cover the wolves, I think are generally pretty good in, in Minnesota. Like, like, I think like Jace Frederick is really, really good and, um, Chris doesn't Hines. get enough credit for, yeah, Chris Hines really good. Uh, so anyways, um, but the athletic was the one-two punch of Krasinski and Britt Robson. And um, Krasinski was like the full-time guy and Robson was, was uh, a you columnist. Know, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, he, you know, um, Krasinski had the scoops and everything. And, and uh, you know, he was, it was actually a pretty interesting dynamic because Krasinski almost has to be positive in the sense that because he's getting quotes from people every day, yeah. Um, where you can't just shit on an organization where like Brit really didn't have to like really apologize to anyone. Um, anyways, Brit Robson gets uh, laid off as do a bunch of uh, freelancers for the athletic. 
Um, and I think freelancers is used as like a very like, I think the athletic probably calls them freelancers, but I think for a lot of these people, the work that they were doing was probably like more of like full-time job, yeah. even though yep. if the pay wasn't there. Um, but uh, Britt Robson landed at Minnesota Post um, and uh, the athletic asked Britt to come back and he said, no. Now this is where things get interesting. And like Julian, you pointed this out. I don't know if you want to talk about the, the upcoming tweets or you want me to like read them off no, and then go we go through it, go through it and then I can go from there. So basically Britt start, starts off by talking about how like Krasinski was great. Um, and, uh, so is Zach Pierce, who's a, a really good guy. Um, editor, doing, I think. yeah, doing some of the editing. Um, so like he, he just, and, and Zach actually got, a reposition inside the company. So then suddenly they had like Britt and John had an editor that, um, they did not know very well and but it seemed like she did, did a great job mm -hmm. um but after the pandemic the culture at the athletics changed these, these are words from brit's tweet you can go check them out he sent them out on december 3rd uh this is like the fifth tweet down um after the pandemic wobble the working situation the culture at the athletic changed at least for me my original negotiation low wages in exchange for story autonomy and quick turnaround and copy went out the window Suddenly, my ideas for stories about a team I'd covered since 1990 had to be sent up the flagpole, a level above my immediate editor for approval by someone I didn't know or learned the name of. It could take days, sometimes a week, uh, a week plus if they're not approved. When they were approved, of course, as we all know, when we cover basketball, Julian, like back in the day when yep. your content planning, um, the storylines changed. Bottom line, it was the opposite of what I've signed up for, plus the sort of nightmare scenario that I've always seek to avoid. I undercut my pay specifically so some rich asshole can't tell me what to do. At the end of the day, as much as I love working with John, love being associated a ton uh, with a ton of fantastic writers whom I respect and educate me. I'll, he's going to continue to be an athletic subscriber. Um, I just couldn't trust the organization to let me do the work out the way I do it best. Um, yep. Then he goes on to talk about how Min Post has yep. been fantastic and given him kind of like free reign and I like, like Brit's the type of journalist that needs that, but interesting kind of shots at, yeah. at the athletic. Well, two things. First, uh, if you live in Minnesota and you don't read men post, you should, because I think what Brit is saying about the way men, like the positive things about how men post operates, it's, it's a nonprofit journalism model. Um, it's really cool. They do a lot of really good work. They do good reporting on the pandemic. They do great reporting all through the George Floyd murder. Like they know what's up. Um, so, so I'm not surprised that somebody like Brit would want to stay at a place like Minpost. Um, but if you read about his specific critiques of the athletic, he's right in that those problems that he's identifying are basically kind of the core value proposition that the athletic offered to writers to get them to leave their jobs in the first place. So the athletic really kind of poached a bunch of really talented people, including John Krasinski. I believe he came from you right from USA today, right? Uh, he came or from the associated press AP AP. Yep. yep. And this, and you know, he was like, well, like the AP is stable, but at the same time, like journalism, like the sports journalism model, like isn't working. This industry is unstable. And the athletic came in and said, well, we're going to provide the best content. We're going to hire the best people. We're going to give them editorial freedom. We're going to let them do their thing. And we are going to get their followers to subscribe to our news site. And like, that was their profit model. Clearly that is not 
working anymore. Um, Kyle, can you still see me? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Oh, awesome. You disappeared for a second, but you're back. Um, clearly that is not working anymore because there they've, there's been, a, there was an article in Bloomberg about how they've been struggling to find new subscribers, which makes sense because if you think about it, like you can keep bringing people in and in and in and in, but at some point, like if you're paying a flat rate for reading all of the writers that you want to read, you know, like there's a bit of a diminishing returns on continuing to bring people in. And now it's like, was the, and I was texting with some of my friends about this. It's like, was the whole point of the athletic to collect all of these top writers, make money, and then just kind of strip mine the thing in the same way that a lot of other, we're seeing hedge funds do to a lot of other publications. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case with The Athletic, but it's like pretty disturbing that their whole pitch to these writers is now kind of being undermined. Um, and in a similar way that we've seen happen in other media organizations. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting overall. And like journalism in general is at an interesting spot. Um, especially sports journalism, I think, because more than more than any other uh, like section of a like newspaper, right? Let's say um, like sports is the one that can be like you can tweet something and that's the story. Like, yeah, right. Like, there's there's always more to it, but like in politics, like the, the there, there's the, like there's always going to be longer stories or wh- whatever it is. With sports, it's generally this trade happened and sure like there's going to be all these takes um and all these different storylines but it's not like um i'm trying to think right like if you had netflix and uh there was just like another streaming service that like did it half i i, I mean th- certainly there's an example like that i guess but like i guess what i'm saying is in like let's say there's a a trade or there's a story regardless whether john krasinski breaks it or not and i don't want to like like throw like stones at it at these guys at all. But like, I guess I'm, I'm just saying that like, no matter what there's going to like, we're going to get that news eventually. Yeah. Like whether whoever reports it, like it's going to get mm-hmm. out into the world of, and then it be, basically comes to, down to like takes and who's getting the take. Um, and we're like, we're seeing like long form journalism in general struggle, um, especially on a site that you have to pay for. Now, I, mm-hmm. I subscribe to the athletic. You do too. Yeah, like me too. there's like, I love it. Right. Like I love these stories where I can and they to know. do provide something that you can't they, get, you exactly. know, like elsewhere, but like, it's proving that it's not that valuable to readers. Like we originally thought that there, it would be where you're getting all these really good writers, but guess what? There's really good writers everywhere. And mm-hmm. like, if, if it's free where I can go read that somewhere else, um, I don't know. Like I'm always going to subscribe to it as long as like my favorite writers are there. And like, I know John and I want to support him, but it isn't into where we're just at a really weird time in general. And then you hear stories like this, where the whole process was supposed to be up to the writers because they were going to, for the first time in their whole entire lives be treated as the talent because they are. (laughs) And suddenly it's like, actually no, like, you know, and that's what's the most confusing to me about it, because it seems like if you take like a non-cynical approach, it seems like the whole point of The Athletic was to make the best stuff. And I think they still do that. Like if you read, I've been reading Jason Quick like every day about the Blazers and like the insights into that. And that is stuff that I would not get just like scrolling through Twitter, like his reporting. Yeah. John's reporting after the Rosa stuff. We would yeah. not have gotten that. No. You know, so, so there's this, there, there, and I do really believe there are, 
there are people, including us, and I think sports fans want that deep insight. It's just the question is like, if you start, if you start consolidating all of the talent under like a flat fee, then, you know, I'm paying the athletic is also cheap. You know, I'm paying like six bucks a month or something, Yeah, you know, for everybody who I read now and they, they brought in everybody, but instead of like me having to subscribe to a bunch of different outlets who have smaller staffs, because I would subscribe to three different outlets. If John Krasinski, Jason quick, and like another athletic writer, I liked work yeah, worked like three places. cities or whatever it is. And I'd be paying $18 a month and that's still not very much money, but that would be triple the amount of money going towards those, these organizations. So I, I don't know. It just, it just feels weird to me that like faced with kind of pressure that the athletics move would be to like undercut the thing that made them good in the first place. It just, it just feels weird to me. And I would just wonder like what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's a good question. Um, where like, especially in a world where we saw, uh, like during the last 18 months and obviously I know sports like weren't happening for a chunk of that. So like whatever, but where like streaming services and people on devices actually went like went up. Yeah. Um, where like they couldn't find a way. Um, and I don't know what their numbers look like as far as like readership, but if they couldn't find a way to get like more subscribers or get more people on their pages, then that mm-hmm. is problematic. I would say like more people are on their yeah. devices than ever before. And like, people are working from home and probably I'm, my, my guess is that they're not working for longer periods of time yeah. and like reading articles from their favorite teams. And it's like, if you can't find a way to capture those people or like your business model to start with, like what just wasn't going to be profitable. Yeah. Um, even if you are getting people to subscribe and like go to your stuff, then that, that, that's problematic. But yeah, I think like the underlining thing here is like good writers that were supposed to have the freedom to like, prove their like not prove but like showcase their abilities and the reason why you and i signed up for it it seems like that's being taken away yes um yeah and i mean this is like i also i think plays into this and this is not something we're going to solve on this pod but like plays into this larger conversation about the nba too where like you see the nba really really concerned about tv ratings you know even though the audiences are up the nba is more popular than ever the players are more popular than ever but the nba has not been able to capitalize and everybody tends to blame social media which i understand um, because that is like a big attention draw and i think sometimes like the there's this trend that people talk about where kind of the, all of the other stuff, the Twitter, the, like the player personalities, even stuff like the highlights, like those eclipse watching the actual games. Um, And I just wonder if some of the, I wonder if these two concepts are kind of tied together and um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it it also doesn't help that the league can't negotiate a freaking deal with streaming services. So it's just like, it's all a mess. Um, well, it's not all a mess. Like the athletic is still doing really good stuff, but there's just a lot of figuring out to be done in terms of like the way that people want to consume content about the sports that they watch or the sports that they follow. Cause we don't even know if they watch. Yeah, so, that's no, uh, you're right. Right. Like in the NBA is very much a sport that it's more entertaining in July than it is in January. Yeah. Right. right? Like, like people are more interested to see where people are playing and less interested about actually watching the games until yeah. you hit like, you know, June, right? Like that's, that's like the fascinating thing about the NBA where uh, like similar to baseball, I guess, in like a, a much smaller scale where like people are mm-hmm. really excited to see where players are signing, but like not like very few people are watching more watching than 60 baseball. games in yeah. a season. Right. 
Um, you know, the NFL is a little different, but yeah. Um, speaking of the NFL, Julian, um, I'll go into my DraftKings read, but yeah, no interesting topic. And like, we'll talk more probably, but yeah, I'd like to get more like uh, sports media talk on here. Um, anyways, uh, football fans, I'm sure we all love an action packed high scoring NFL game, but with the latest no brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner. Once a single point is scored, you heard it right. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, uh, Julian, we have uh, three storylines around the league. I want to start with the one we kind of left off last podcast on. Sure. Uh, so we talked about the Blazers and uh, Neil Olshay uh, mm-hmm. and the, the situation there. Um, uh, Dan Devine from The Ringer had an article up uh basically talking about the situation there, uh, what's next. Um, and I didn't write his name down. I think his name's Joe something, maybe the interim GM Joe Cronin. Yeah. So, um, basically he's like the salary cap guy, but he will not be considered for the full, full-time replacement, like names that are out there. I, I, I think I saw like Tejan Prince, um, yeah. uh, Danny Ainge. I saw, um, yeah. as a Blazers fan, um, who's your guy? Like, who do you want? Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't done honestly a ton of research into this. Um, Mark Eversley to me of the names I've heard, like is the one that jumps out. He was, he worked with, um, he worked in Philly under Daryl Morey and now he's the second in command in Chicago. Um, and I think that makes sense. I, I, I think that the way Chicago has built their team is the way that uh, even though Chicago is a big market is like the way that, the Blazers need to build their team, like as a small market, like making trades for young players, developing them, kind of signing a like maybe like kind of a mid tier, mid to high tier free yeah. agent to complete it. But I like so that that's model. probably the better question, right? Like, yeah, that's that's the better way to answer too. I think is like figuring out like what type of person or what type of builder you want, rather than like I mean, just yeah, you need somebody with really good relationships who can make trades and somebody who drafts well because those are the only two ways to build contenders in small markets. Um and it seems like from his experience that Evers Eversley, I think I'm saying that right. Um Eversley, yeah, would be that would be a guy who a guy who could do that. I'm sure there are more. Um I'm not like a I don't know the like number two and three guys in every NBA yeah, front office. Every market, um, yeah. The really interesting part of this is that Woj report that said like that the GM job would become more appealing if Lillard would want to be traded. Wow. Um, because people are saying like, well, Lillard's might be kind of declining. He hasn't been great this season. Like if you give him a max extension for two years, you're, it could kind of become an albatross contract. And yeah. I think there are people saying like, well, I would rather come and take this job with a bunch of picks, you know, like move Lillard, get young players and a bunch of picks and kind of build my own thing. And kind um, of get a runway. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, as opposed to just kind of try um, come in and immediately have the pressure to build a contender around Lillard using like 
CJ and Nurk as trade pieces, which I understand the perspective. Um, I don't know if you're the organization, if that's the way you want to go. I think maybe you want to find somebody who is willing to take on the challenge of continuing to build around Lillard because guys like him don't come around super often. Um, but it was interesting to read that because I think I get it. Like if you're a first time GM, you'd really rather have a bad team. Yeah. You know, or a team that's expected to not be very good for a little while, just so you can, as you said, have a runway and also just have some assets to work with. So I don't know, really interesting times. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of the roster get moved in like a couple weeks. Um, but I think that also depends on kind of who they're going for. This search could happen fast. They might not even retain a consultant. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I want to see what Portland's their first round picks look like. We have all of them except we owe the next non-lottery pick to Chicago. I okay. Think, in the Larry Nance situation. Okay. All right. Um, or maybe it's interesting. Co- maybe it's the Covington pick. I don't remember. There's like one pick that needs to go. It's protected for a while. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And that is that is interesting, right? Like, if you don't have your best player, I actually feel better about this job. Which yeah. makes sense, I guess. Right? I see I see both ways. Yeah. Um, DeMar DeRozan uh, from the Chicago Bulls, he's been placed on the COVID list. He'll miss Huge 10 bummer. days. Um, yeah, super big bummer. 27 points per game, five rebounds, four assists. Probably the best season of his career. 49% from the field, or right around oh, yeah. 50. 33% from the three-point line. And he was the guy that, like, when Chicago traded for him and signed him, they were, we're I think everybody was like, why did they trade a first round pick or know, multiple right? for this guy and then sign him to this huge deal? And now you look and like, it's like the bulls are 17 and he eight. Was the biggest acquisition of arguably. The yeah. Offseason. Yeah. And the, maybe that's on us. Right. Cause like, I think people that watch every single game, they were like, DeRozan's gotten way better than Toronto. Like you guys just don't watch the Spurs. And it's like, yeah, sure. sure okay. <laughs> and yeah, and then you actually watch and you're like, oh yeah, you're right. He's doing things that like... I mean, yeah. Those Toronto teams really goddamn good. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah, so um, we'll see We'll see what happens with them. Uh, upcoming games for the Bulls. Actually, not... I mean, Cavs, Heat, Pistons, Raptors. Um, so, you know, you're going two and two, I guess. It's fine. Um, more news that uh, might, can, uh, might have some concern with the Timberwolves, depending on whether the Timberwolves are buyers or sellers or whatnot, uh, Shams reported today that the Pacers are leaning towards a full rebuild, which, like, I think my first thought was, like, okay, didn't they just hire Rick Carlisle, though? Like, this yeah, guy that right. is, like, definitely a win-now coach. So you, you do wonder what happens to his future, like, whether a buyout is agreed to yeah. or, like, whether a trade is... I just don't see, like, Carlisle as a guy that wants to go through a rebuild with the team, but um, we'll see. Um but the, the players that were mentioned were Miles Turner or um, DeMontis Sabonis. Um, and Sabonis has been used very oddly in Indiana this year, like not really to the best of his powers, I don't think. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Karis LeVert was mentioned. Um, I think Timberwolves fans would really like Miles Turner, a guy that you can put next to Cat and have Cat move to the four. Um, any of these guys interest you in a, in a Wolves uniform, yeah. depending on what you have to give up, obviously? Um, I mean, I think Levert and Turner would interest me. Obviously, at different price points and kind of for different reasons. Um, but I think both of those guys are good. And I also think, like, if you're the Pacers, like, you can't build around Miles Turner. Sorry. 
No, he, he's as like a zero on offense. Like maybe not like a total zero, but he's like not very good on offense. He can kind of he can kind of space the floor, but like not really. Um, I think you need to keep Sabonis and like do what you can to build around him. I'd be pretty surprised yeah. if the Pacers traded Sabonis and kept those other two guys. Um, but I mean, I think Turner would be awesome next to like, town. Can you give up? I mean, unfortunately, I, I don't think like we could say like Prince and a first round pick is going to do it, but I think you're probably more looking at like Malik Beasley, Josh Akogi, and a first round pick for Miles Turner. I would do um, that. You would. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I would too. Actually, like the fact I mean, that the Wolves have been able to play like right around 500 with a Malik Beasley that hasn't been shooting that well, like I'm fine with that. I mean, also like I, I there's an argument you could maybe move two firsts. Would you do yeah. that if you're protected? Would you do like two lottery protected firsts and I don't know a Kogi or something? Yeah, if you, I mean, if you're protecting your first, that's fine. My biggest fear is like we get to 2025 and like the wolves suck again, and yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden we gave up like the number three pick for Miles Turner. Yeah, that um, would suck. Yeah, if, if you're protecting know. your picks, I think that's sort of like I'm fine giving up like two number 17 or 18 picks right, for yeah. Miles yeah. Turner, especially for a chance just to kind of like finally get someone. Because I, th- I do think there's this like thing of like, gosh, man, like but Nas Reed and Jade McDaniel. And like, certainly I think these guys have upside like McDaniel is more than Reed, but I also think you and I've talked about this a million times, but like there's this like level of like my kids are better than everybody else's kids because they're my yeah. kids thing. Right. Where it's like, it's, you know, well, my kid would never do that or my kid's better than that. He should play. And it's like, well, no, it's just, I mean like best case scenario, Jade McDaniels is like miles Turner, right? Like, Oh yeah. Like <laughs> kind of like, I think like best case scenario, like Jade McDaniels is a guy that averages like 15 points and eight rebounds. Like, yeah, I yeah, like, I don't think he's like this next like all-star level player, but maybe, but yeah, I, I just think that like at some point you just have to like go into a trade or something thinking that like maybe the rest of the league is smarter. And when they value a player at something and don't value your guys at the same thing, but whatever. It is um, pretty rare that you see a guy who doesn't get minutes or who does, sorry, who does get minutes kind of just become an all-star yeah and jade mcdaniels has played you know yeah i mean he's also to be fair like he's like what 20 years old yeah he's young yeah but and certain hopefully he does like i think about like zach levine right like a guy who his first two years but yeah there are exceptions Um, speaking of indiana though they're 10 and 16 right now um the thing is like they're only like four games back from a like a playoff spot and mm-hmm. three games back from a play in game, but it's pretty clear, I guess on their side, they're saying like, Nope, this isn't, this isn't really going to work. Let's just like try to get as many assets as we can. Yeah. Um, so seems um, like the right move. I, I actually agree. Especially like this, this, uh, like we're only 25 games into the season and they're like, yeah, we want to do this. And I'm like, it's yep. Okay. Happening. It's not happening. Yep. I agree. Um, okay, Julian. Well, that is it for today. We'll be back on Friday. We'll have the three star sports card card corner and we'll have a mailbag. So, um, which I will tweet out some questions maybe after tomorrow night's game. Oh, yeah. But sweet, Julian. Thank you, good sir. Go shovel. Will do. Be a good neighbor. (laughs) All right. Later, man.